Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Do it a little faster. You still got it. (laughs) It's your girl, Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And we are Around Around the the Way Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences. A.K.A. tell all our business. And explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality Duality is is a thing. thing. Yes, sir. Hey, girl, hey. Oh, hello. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? You know. Living the dream over here. Welcome to another episode of Around the Way Curls with your girls. Boop, boop, boop. It's a celebration, a national holiday. A national treasure is being recognized for her unprovoked existence. She ain't asked to be here, but thank God she is. <laughs> it's Antoinette's birthday this weekend. And I'm so excited to come up. I think I've sell it. I don't quite remember, but I feel like I can't remember a, a birthday that I didn't celebrate. With I you. know that makes me feel really bad <laughs> about my shit. Your birthdays and they such never a- celebrate my birthday. No, it's I, all of you. I threw you your first birthday party. Where was it at? On my birthday, <laughs> because no, it wasn't a birthday party. I lied. That was the congratulations on Sable party. Damn. But remember, it was my birthday, and I turned it into a sable party. But I'm not here to contort this into a pity no, party. I feel bad. And nor are you so going hard. to deflect your birthday by doing that either. But shout out! I did a little bit of math. We've been friends for 18 years. Come on, math. Wait, <laughs> have we? <laughs> Wait, what's what's seven times Stop eight? You did that last that. week. You did it, girl, and you fucking 56. know it. Just relax. There you go. Ask me it. another one. Ask you another one? Yeah. Uh, what's seven times seven? 49. Shanti, yes. I keep going. I'm a mathematician. Okay. What's <laughs> um, six times six? Even. 36. All right. Mm-hmm. Basically, I was a little flustered last week. That's all. That's what I'm... You know it. <laughs> you do. I'm not being smart. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes. I think it was about 18 years. I don't have as long a history as the girls. We have different math than you have with the girls. You guys have a longer Cause legacy. it's just four years more. That's all. But, um, I was thinking about some of my fondest birthday memories with you. And I think one I feel bad about is when I came up to New York. Let me tell you something. Internet was my, and still is very much my entry to New York. 
I was so excited before I became a mother. Antoinette went away to college in New York. And I say I was probably the only one that would come up and visit you too as well. I don't know if the girls True. came up to visit you, but I would they be They came to a couple of shows. I would be so hyped to come up there and visit cuz I thought we were going to have New York nights and it took, it's just <laughs> recently It's just recently that we've actually been having New York nights, but there were many a nights that <laughs> It was a disappointment because of me and internet. But we had plans. I was going to come up there and I forgot my ID. And what a sad night we had. We no, had- we had fun. We took pic- we took feet pictures in my dorm. Do you remember those yeah, pictures? You, I remember you reading me your journal and it being kind of <laughs> sad. And I was like, damn. And we ate at Olive Garden. And we ate at Olive Garden. <laughs> In Times Square. Terrible. You wanted to see Times Square, though. And I was like, all right, fine. And I took you and I was like, come on, we go here. And it was the Olive Garden. I don't think it's there anymore. I don't know. Another epic. One of the best birthdays was Ode to Babel. Oh, that was my 30th. That was was one of the best birthdays in terms of the night, how it fell into the night. You were bugging. There's an epic twerking video the internet will never show. Mm-mm. But she had a whole <laughs> no, circle around stop. her. She was in the middle of the f- <laughs> dance floor twerking. Everybody was just freed up except for Amanda and Jasmine who watched. <laughs> they watched the disgusted and Kayla. And Kayla disgusted, disgusted at the debauchery. I almost had my first um almost homosexual affair there (laughs) but it was the after party that was even more lit and i just remember me and jade cackling and screaming and eating jerk chicken everybody was there it was so much fun that was because jade made that tincture remember everybody had drinks and she was going around with that thc tincture and was just like let me see a drink and plopping it in there and we were like what's that it was epic. A mess. It was just so much fun. And I have another birthday. I don't remember what I wrote here. Uh-oh. <gasps> oh, this is another birthday party. When I came up there, I, I was going through it and I was cutting my hair all the time and I got the worst haircut. But anyway, it was what? me, you, and Tina. And we went out to an Italian restaurant <laughs> and got drunk. <laughs> And started rapping. And I'm so, if I have one of my regrets is that I don't have the recording of Antoinette rapping. I was killing she it. she was killing I was it. freestyling though. <laughs> it was epic. And she's talking I about being a Disney prince. She was going in. But I just remember being enamored and in awe like, oh my God, this child is brilliant. And then your most recent <laughs> one was really great because it was like... Yeah. It was like a progression of everybody that loves you and new people and old people and hoping that you felt that too. So shout out to you. Shout out to this birthday. Hopefully it is. I'm going to throw you a birthday party, Shanti. I just am. It's going to be after your birthday, but I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm going to throw you a birthday. Y'all, for y'all that are, list, that are listening, Shanti's birthday is the 15th of December. Which is always, and my family Christmas party is always that week in Pittsburgh. So I'm always gone or not. 
And then it's just a bad time because people is broke. I'm broke. But I, I don't also Jasmine, require it or think about it. No, you but know? we want to like, do it. I don't want to see y'all. It's okay. I don't want to see nobody. I, you I do do that. Anything. That's that secretive hurtful shit. So it's, we're going to. I think in January, we're going to throw you a birthday party. I'm dead serious. Like the first weekend back from New Year's, we're going to throw you a birthday gonna party. People are going to be tired, child. They're oh going to be tired. We are, but we're going to do it. I'm and making it my years business too. to do it. like, girl. Anyway. All right, well. Listen. You if you're <laughs> listening, you should, um, her birthday will, will have passed. And you can still celebrate by sending her some money. Because oh, my God. <laughs> we all know that security is internet's love language. <laughs> <laughs> and she helps all of us. So send her $3, $5. Let it rain on her. Internet, what's your cash app? Because I don't know. I it. don't even honestly know it. Oh, my Internet, you have one job. <laughs> what? When phone? did you tell me that was my job? <laughs> to not, so you have to know what your cash app is. Here, I'll find it for y'all. Being as though she. Um, this is awkward. Um, acting corny. Oh. There's something easy well, happy too. Happy birthday to me. It's probably just my name, but like, it's okay. It's not okay. Let it rain on you. I bet a lot of people are waiting with abated breath right now. It is money sign Antoinette Henry, A-N-T-O-I-N-E-T-T-E-H-E-N-R-Y. And she is smiling with a shirt on. (laughs) Girl, black shirt on (laughs) with white, white writing. And curls. Oh, that was my Cardi B Coretta and Cardi B shirt that I is gone. I love that. Shirt. I have sent Antoinette two thousand and twenty three dollars in the course of our relationship. That's a Girl, lot of fucking re- money. Yo. <laughs> that was reimbursements. <laughs> I'm sure. That's crazy. <laughs> that's that's the money that you stole from Rattaway Curls uh-uh. on Amazon or something. Nope. That's you a have lot. not sent. Don't don't play with me. Wow, that's crazy. This just got awkward. <laughs> because <laughs> i know you i wish you would have sent me that much money girl no it's it Shout. totaled up it was one for 765 i don't know what that was about but uh why would i send you money for around the way curls but anyway how are you <laughs> i'm fine <laughs> i took um i took time off for work i took five whole days wow so it's going to turn into, with the weekend, seven days off oh. Last week, well, last week I worked um, till one night. I was on a call till 1.30 in the morning, literally on a call. And then the other night was the last night that I worked last week, and I left the office at 11-something. So, you Rest know, it's due. been rough. Good job. So, yeah. I know my boss is somewhere punching the air, but I was like, sorry. And I could tell she wanted me to cancel a couple of days because some shit blew up. And I was like, nope, have a good day. Bye. So I'm, I'm really just nervous that I'm not going to know what to do. Like I had a lot to do today. Um, and I have a lot to do tomorrow, but then like once the birthday's over and I'm recording Monday, so there's stuff to do. And I got like can't afford therapy stuff to do. But like once I have like that free day out of these days, I'm nervous that I'm just going to be like sitting here because I don't know who I am outside of work. I love that for you. So I have a book prepared and I have have a 
cafe that I'm thinking about going to. Maybe get a massage from my boy Michael. But I'm not doing a lot. I'm just doing a lot of house cleaning, just stuff I needed to do. You Using, know, to, ruminating, to... walking mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. I love that for you. Thank you, Queen. Congratulations. So, thank you. And thank you for the birthday love. <clears throat> um, please rate and subscribe <laughs> and share <laughs> around the way girls do you toggle back and forth i keep i just forgot what was next i said open. are we going okay. into hot shit or what happened oh you did tell me that mm-hmm. here we go let me make it right queen you can have two screens open you can have one screen with our video and then the other thing open um please rate subscribe and share around the way curls um take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to throw it on your stories tag us keep interacting with us on the social medias mostly ig twitter if you want to talk to me um hopefully we'll have some fire memes i don't have that many good memes saved in my phone i'm backed up because i've been um staying away from my phone a little bit more Mm. so now i don't have the meme to post i got a couple so it's tricky you got a couple i think so i know I got to put a, a story up and then you can kill him with a good one. But yeah, interact with us. We love it. Unless you're going to say something mean, which brings us to ratings. Please rate and review. Please go to Apple Podcasts. Please go to Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast where you can rate us, please do so. It's always very helpful. And that's all. That's all. Shout out to our new patrons who have joined us on Patreon, which is our subscription offering where you can see video of this podcast as well as other exclusive video content. Now, this is a way that you can support us monetarily that helps the wheels of this bitch keep turning. Hopefully it leads to growth. It will. We have some things up our sleeves. So your monthly contribution really does go to the workings of this business. And I am going to keep listening to NPR Drive so that I can really learn the cadence and the words to motivate and inspire you guys to give us some money each month. Shout out to, I don't have my glasses on, Abiani, <laughs> Abiana. <laughs> I sound like a white that, lady. Abia, Abiani, Abiani, shout out to you. Kaylin, Vicky, and Janelle, we appreciate y'all. Those are some new patrons. Welcome to the gang. And gang, gang. Um, we can go into hot shit, I think. <clears throat> this weekend, last weekend, I went to CultureCon in New York. And it was quite an experience. This is my first time going to CultureCon. It felt like something that is required of a creative of somebody in media somebody that is in this very small but beautiful world of black what are you doing black black excellence i didn't i didn't mean to say what are you doing i meant to say what am i saying i apologize <laughs> <laughs> oh no black this excellence episode. so i was like yo i'm gonna go up there um, and I, I drove up to New York and it was a rainy day, but what was set up 
was really intentional, really well orchestrated. It attracts some of the flyest, most beautiful beings, both famous and incognito. And it felt like an event that people were really excited to attend and lots of familiar faces, lots of like, you know, girl, you look fly, lots of compliments being thrown, lots of just like kindness. Um, met, saw some around the way curls listeners that had a lot of beautiful things to say. Shout out to y'all. Uh, it was a really nice experience minus the terrible weather. It was just terrible. And and this event requires outside engagement. It's not completely in a building. So there's different little sections that you can go into. And I happened to go on a <clears throat> rainy, excuse me, I, had to, I happened to go on Saturday, which was a rainy day. But it just made me, you know, wonder and, and think about the mind and the intention and the sheer will and dedication to put something like that mm -hmm. on and I just want to shout out Amani Ellis who is the founder of CultureCon she does have a team as well um, but she started in her NYC apartment in 2000 and I'm not sure when it the first CultureCon was in 2017 but it started in her New York apartment she had a group of like-minded friends you know come together and kind of talk she started her um, career um, as an NBC page, which if folks are familiar with 30 Rock, you know, there's lots of references to that, uh, what do you call that, internship. She started there and made her way up to become vice president of unscripted entertainment of publicity at NBC Universal. So really hardworking, really focused, driven young woman that stepped out on her own and created this Goliath of a, of a gathering space that um, has attracted Spike Lee, Billy Porter, Quinta Brunson, Michael B. Jordan, Lena Waithe, Kiki Palmer, Issa Rae was there this year, Tiana Taylor. So highly respected, sought after um, event. And it was really beautiful to watch. And she had some really dope activations, especially around like um, hiring. So she had a lot of major companies recruiting basically there so you could come with your resume and meet with the companies face to face and potentially you know get a job which I thought was really really dope you know sponsored by heavyweights like HBO and American Express so hmm. shout out to her um really proud of her and what she created and I know that was no I know it's no small feat and right now she has it in New York LA in Atlanta, I believe. I might have misspoke, but three spaces. So if you have an opportunity to go, um, you should go. And I will return hopefully with better weather and me being a little bit more um, intentional about what I'm going there for. Shout out to Renee Blewett for meeting me there and weathering the storm with me, girl. That was a wild ride, <clears throat> but yeah. I also wanted to shout out another female entrepreneur. This is in Philly. A lot of times you guys will write us and say, where should I go in Philly? What should I do? If you're in Philly and you want to stay at a really cute boutique hotel, which is a, just a wonderful experience, I suggest you guys check out Yowie. 
Um, Yowie started as a gift shop and has now turned into a hotel, a boutique hotel with a cafe and a retail shop. I went to school with her sister. I've met her a couple of times, but I've slowly watched her um, growth in her career and her just again, sheer drive and will and her vision. And she just opened her hotel this year on South Street. So just like coming back and reinvesting in Philly and offering something that's really dope and unique is just worthy of mention. So if you come to Philly, go to that boutique and stay there. Um, It's cute and super design forward. And you can check out her retail space as well as the boutique at helloyowie.com. And that is spelled Y-O-W-I-E. So shout out to those black entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, That's very all. dope. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Boop. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, y'all. So before we deep dive into this topic, I just want to make two things clear at the top. I want to first acknowledge that the deaths that were experienced October 7th um, by the Israeli people is horrible, is unimaginable, is deeply saddening that these civilian lives were attacked by a terrorist group that operates out of, well, controls Ghana and operates really out of the entire world. Um, so that's the first thing that I want to make sure that we acknowledge. We, we, we jumped into the history so quickly that I don't know if we gave that enough reverence. And then I also just wanted to make sure that it was clear to us that Hamas is corrupt. It's not a group that's actually taking care of their people. They're deeply rooted in anti-Semitism, it's in their doctrine. I think our effort right now is to provide you with the information on how we got here as best we can so that maybe people can see the cause and effect here. Why would a Hamas even exist? You know, why is Israel so afraid of Hamas? Okay? That's it. I just wanted to make sure that that was clear. Okay, bye. All right, and we are back. Politics is usually wow. I really hope that there's a Jay Z. I haven't listened to hear to see if Monty's putting the Jay the Jay Z saying that in there. Please do that, Monty. Please. Anyway, all right, y'all. 
Bear with me, okay? I spent five hours today <laughs> sitting down, five, on my day off researching this Palestine and Israel conflict because there are so many DMs, at least in my inbox, a lot of people tagging me saying, oh, Antoinette, I can't wait to hear this. Bro- you break this down this week. And I'm like, I don't know how many times I say I am not an international <laughs> Uh, geopolitical like expert at all but with that said um it was really weighing on me um this week after the events on saturday i know that this this um conflict has been conflicting for years now but you know in in light of the recent events you know, I, social media was just ablaze. Everybody's really polarized and picking sides. And and if you do pick a side, then you're wrong, you know, depending on what side you pick. If you don't say anything, then you're wrong because you're not engaged. If you straddle the fence, then you're straddling the fence and you ain't shit. You're not really about this revolutionary life. So it was a lot. And it was a lot to decipher. I had my knee-jerk reaction to things. But I saw a post from Black Liturgies, um, which is which is the another account by, um, what's my girl's name? What's her name? Cole. What Cole is her Riley? name? Cole, Cole Arthur Riley, who I love, who wrote um, This Here Flesh. Y'all know that's my girl now. And it was all about taking some time to be, I'm going to read it later, so I don't have to say it, but taking some time to be silent and listen and to really know what the hell you're talking about and to decenter. Um, And so I at least want to do what I think is um, kind of my job on here a little bit and it's to give information. But before I do, this is lengthy, so buckle up, but it's still, even in it being lengthy, very high level, very high level. Like, this is the most basic bitch breakdown of this. (laughs) Um, So bear with me. Um, Okay, just bear with me. All right. So first off, I'm going to say that there are some people that portray this conflict as eternal and that it's rooted in religion and that it's like thousands of years old. And I don't see it that way. I think that this conflict is very much rooted in land and it's about land and colonization and is a direct result of Britain interfering and destabilizing Palestine, okay? So, We're going to go back in history a little bit. Palestine was ruled by the Ottoman Empire in the late 19th century. So that's the late 1800s. And the population there in 1887 was 80% Muslim, 10% Jewish, and 3% Christian. Okay? The people there, they lived there peacefully. They lived there together. And Arabic was the daily language. So in the late 1800s, This was the height of nationalism in Europe, all right? So many Jewish folks in Europe, all over the world, um, were like attempting to assimilate into 
these European states that were experiencing this heavy nationalism and they weren't succeeding, specifically Germany, Austria, and Hungary. Um, but Jewish folks were not welcome and they were more than, more than not persecuted all throughout Europe as a result of this nationalism. So you have to keep in mind that this is an entire war before the Holocaust. Okay. Like we're not even talking about the Holocaust right now. So, and I know that there's a lot of people that think that Jewish folks didn't experience, um, any form of oppression or persecution before the Holocaust, but that's just, that's, that's inaccurate. Um, so this then formed, uh, the nationalism within Jewish, the Jewish community known as Zionism. So then we get into World War One, and this war is between the Central Powers, right, and the Allies. The Central Powers included Germany, Austria, and Hungary, and the Ottoman Empire and Turkey. Okay, it's it's important to understand that a part of the Ottoman Empire was Palestine, as we know it to well as. Palestinians know it, right? That land. Um, and then the allies were France, mainly France, Great Britain, Russia, believe it or not, Italy, Japan, and from 1917 and on the United States. So Britain in an attempt to ally with the Jewish folks within Europe created something called the Balfour Declaration. And this is where all shit kind of hits the fan when it comes to the Palestine and Israel conflict. The Balfour Declaration came to be November 2nd, 1917, okay? This is at the tail end of World War I. And Britain's then Foreign Secretary, author Balfour, um, he wrote a letter addressed to this figurehead in the Jewish community. I don't want to butcher his name, but his last name is Rothschild. Rothschild. And it, Rothschild, thank you. It committed the British government to the establishment in Palestine of a national home for Jewish people. I'm going to repeat that. It committed the British government to establish in Palestine, which is in the Ottoman Empire right now, part of the Ottoman Empire, a national home for Jewish people. So considering that Palestine was not a part of British land, okay, and Britain and the allies had not even won World War I yet, and Palestine was still technically ruled by the Ottoman Empire, Britain was just basically another example of colonizing and occupying and giving away land that is not theirs to fucking give away. Okay. So the main goal of this British mandate was it was to create conditions for the establishment of this Jewish national home where Jews, where Jews at that time constituted less than 10% of the population. Um, and so Britain then begins to facilitate the immigration of European Jews to Palestine. And that sounds like heaven to European Jews because they were being persecuted in Europe. So this distribution of land was made by a European power about a non-European territory 
that flat out disregarded both the presence and the wishes of the native people living there, which was the Palestinian majority. Okay. And so I, it's important to note too, that at this time, Britain had also promised that land to the ruler of Mecca. And they promised it to him saying, Hey, if you lead an Arab revolt against the Ottoman empire, we'll give you this land too. He did that. And then he just got fucked over. So basically they were, they, they also had promised it to themselves, to certain constituents in Britain. <laughs> they were just promising this land to any old body because they figured they could win the war, but they also, they needed the Jewish folks on their side to fight by their side. They needed another ally in order to get them over that hill. So hmm. according to my research, this is why the Balfour Declaration was issued by Britain. Control over Palestine was strategic, was a strategic interest to keep Egypt and the Suzel Canal within Bridget, Britain's influence. So that's for trade, that's for war, that's for everything else. Britain had to side with the Zionists, that's the, that's the Jewish folks, that's the nationalists, that's everybody, the European Jewish folks, to rally, rally support amongst the Jews and the, the Jews in Europe and in the United States and in Russia, hoping to encourage their governments to stay in the war until victory. Intense Zionist lobbying and strong connections between the Zionist community in Britain and the British government. So there were people within the British government who were also Zionists who were pushing for this to say, hey, there's an opportunity here. These people need a place to go. They need a land to call their own. They don't have that yet. They're, they, and you want them on your side because they're going to influence their governments to stay in this war, right? And then some folks believe that because Jewish folks were being persecuted in Europe, the British government just felt sympathetic to their suffering. I think it's a little more strategic than that. Mm -hmm. um, so then... They, they, they have this decree, right? This is, this is the deal. Britain then fucks it all over while they're implementing it and tries to go back on it. And then you'll see what happens. So after the war, after World War I, Britain establishes a colony in Palestine, right? Because it, it was a part of the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire falls because of, as a direct result of World War I. And so now Britain comes over and says, okay, we're colonizing this land until Palestine and there's no name. Remind, like, be, be, be clear, I'm not saying Israel because Israel does not exist yet. These are, these are Jewish folks migrating in. There's, there's no name, there's no state, there's no nothing yet. So Britain comes over and they say, we're going to rule this land, okay? You're a colony of ours now until you're able to prove you can govern yourselves. So Britain establishes different institutions for Christians, for Jews, and for Muslims, because all of them were living there. While it was mostly Muslim folks, they were all there. But while they established these institutions, they started. it started to make it very difficult for all of them to cooperate with one another. And then it made it easier for British, for Britain, excuse me, to divide and conquer because they're destabilizing them because they're giving them all this power. But 
they're not used to governing themselves in that way. And they were just living harmoniously. So now you're giving these, these institutions to Christian folks, to Jewish folks, to Muslims, and you're kind of dictating stuff where you don't have the lay of the land. And so now destabilization starts to happen and they start to rely on British rule even more. So all the while this is happening, the British are facilitating the Jewish immigration and migration into the land as they promised. And so this happened in part by the practice of evicting Palestinian landowners and giving away their land. So this then heightens tensions evicting. between Jews. What an Jews. interesting word. <laughs> Who, that's evicting. I wrote that, but e <clears throat> I wrote all of this. Like evicting them, basically saying, yeah, stealing you don't them. live here yeah. anymore. Yeah, you're stealing, stealing it. it. They're, They're stealing the actually land. actually getting, pushing them out. They knock yes. on their, anyway, go ahead. They, they, mm -hmm. Say it, Shanti. Like yeah. they are absolutely They're going and taking land. the land. This is mine now. Evicting is like yeah. a legal bound, binding thing, like. Evicting yeah. is like they're kicking, they're pushing them they're out there, stealing land. their land. Yes, yes. And so this heightens the tensions between Jews and Palestinians and and the British government. Palestinians begin to see themselves as a Palestinian nation, and then they become nationalists as well for themselves, and that makes sense. So now the Palestinian nation is pissed off the fact that they're getting uprooted and their land is being stolen. And they revolt against the British government in 1936. Now, this is a direct threat to the Jewish folks who are migrating over because they're like, hold up. This land was promised to us. We need refuge. We are, we are getting slaughtered because realize it's 1936. Now the Holocaust is happening. Now there's a real fucking need for them to get the hell out of Europe. So... The Jewish militias, militias, excuse me, joined forces with the British and brutally beat the Palestinians' attempt at a revolt. But as a result of this revolt, Britain realizes that there's an issue here, that they're not handling this well, and they issue this white paper, which then says that it's going to limit Jewish immigration to Palestine. And it calls for the establishment of a joint Jewish and Arab state in 10 years. Okay. Remind you, this is a colony right now. They're, they are not a state like this is not, this is British kind of governing. So now everybody's pissed off. It's 1936. It's happening during the fucking Holocaust. Jewish folks are like, you promised us refuge. You promised us a sacred land for ourselves. Now at the time that we need it the most, where we are literally being burned alive, like torched, killed, slaughtered, you're telling us hold up? Like what the fuck? And then you have Palestinians who are like 10 years, we have to wait 10 years to have our own shit, to have our own governing to, no, like fuck no, we're not doing that either. And they wanted the British out of control. So then while World War II is erupting, believe it or not, things were kind of quiet within this land that we know at this time as Palestine. While the rest of the world's on fire, there's there's like still tension, but, basic, but basically they're not like fighting, fighting each other. 
So after World War II, Britain basically realizes that this, this Palestine problem with the Jewish folks and this land um, delineation is more, more work than what, than what it should be. And so they turn Palestine and all the problems with it over to the newly created United Nations because it's just far too much trouble, too much trouble than what it's worth. So now the United Nations is involved. This is a, this is a newly formed thing. They don't know what the fuck they doing. And so they decide to partition Palestine into separate Palestinian and Jewish states with relatively equal portions of land. But I want everybody to stop and Google this. Google the United Nations after World War II, how they distributed the land. It's like a fucking jigsaw puzzle. There is no straight line. It's like all of these just random, like a pocket in the middle is Palestine and then a pocket up top. And then you got what we know as Gaza and then like a little bit on the, it's just so weird the way that they drew this up. And to no one's surprise, it didn't work. It didn't work. So then you have David Ben, I don't know how to say his last name either, Jirion? Anyway, Israel's founding father. He then is like, I'm proclaiming Israel as a fucking state, period. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care what the United Nations is saying. After the hell that like we just experienced in World War II, we are a state. This is where our people need to come. May 14th, 1948. And then the Arab-Israeli war broke out. But it's important to note that the British forces during, during their rule of Palestine, they allowed the Jewish folks to establish self-governing institutions, as such as the Jewish agency, and, and basically it helped prepare them for becoming a state when it came to it, while the Palestinians were forbidden from doing so. So the Jews, now known as the Israelis, because now they've claimed themselves as a state, calling it Israel, they already had an army that was formed out of the army, out of the like armed paramilitary army group that was trained and created to fight side by side with the British in World War I and during the brief Palestinian revolt in 1936. So you're dealing with a with the Jewish force that has already fought, the Britons already backed up and trained because they needed them as allies. So of course they fucking won. <laughs> they beat the Palestinians. So then in 1949 and after, um, Israel, this new newly formed state Israel is now gonna occupy a third more of the land than what they would have in the United Nations proposal. Go ahead. And when you're saying these words occupy, right? When they're saying a third more, it's not, the Palestinians have always resisted this. So mm -hmm. they are going in and taking and killing oh, yeah. and taking people's homes. People Pushing them out. That they have, Families have built, they've been there for a year, for a generation after generation, taking their land and killing them in the process. Cause like I said, the Palestinians mm -hmm. are fighting. They're not, 
no one's ever have they ever just been like all right they're not cool. just packing up so this this no. encrouching requires violence requires death and requires them stealing it they just go into their homes and take their shit this is where i'm getting so i'm thank you because i'm getting there and this is so as a result this paved the way for the 1948 ethnic cleansing mm-hmm. of what we know as Palestine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is at, this is Israel doing this, mm-hmm. this newly formed state. Mm-hmm. So Israel, right. This is a p- very prideful, like the end of this Palestine, excuse me, the end of the Palestine Israel war in 1948 is like this. This is the birth of their nation. Right. This is their safe haven. This is their their home after this is endless years of their persecution. This is where we finally have our space. Mm. We won. Everybody come home. But it's through this ethnic cleansing the definition of, of ethnic, the Palestinians. The definition being a mass expulsion or killing of members of an unwanted ethnic or, rigid or religious group in a society. Yes. So to the Palestinians... This was death. This is what Palestinians referred to as Nakba, the catastrophe. So this is where not only are they being pushed out, right? Nakba is where 700,000 Palestinians fled their homes if they were not killed and became refugees in surrounding Arab nations, all to make space for other folks who also needed refuge, right? And, And it's like, Anyway, let me not insert my opinions in here. Let me just give back. Okay. So the Palestinians lost everything, their homes, their land, their lives, because someone else, the British, just gave it the fuck away. And, and when they resisted, someone else came in and took and it thought that they by, were, force, yeah, by force, by violence, and thought that they were mm-hmm. entitled to it mm-hmm. because they were told they were. And okay? because it's it also the religious thing, like, I think it's very important that that is a sacred land, you know, is Mm -hmm. Jerusalem. It's not just like politics. It's deeply embedded in their religious beliefs and Mm -hmm. identities of of their promised land. So, yes. But but it's religious land for Palestinians as well. Mm -hmm. Very, very much so. We're going to have that written down later. So now we have endless more is ensuing. Right. Palestinians are fleeing. They're fleeing to, in in certain parts, they're staying within this Israel state, right? They have this kind of Gaza area and they have the West Bank, but there's constant infighting. And the the borders around who has what is is very gray. It's in constant fluctuation depending on who wins these battles and who doesn't. Um, There was a six-day war which left Palestine with no land after losing um, and the United Nations finally got involved again and told told Israel to give them their land back, tried to come up with some sort of peace treaty. Shit didn't work. Um, so over the course of many years, Palestinians, um, they had some nonviolent approaches. They had some violent approaches. They had guerrilla groups, the PLO that attacked Israeli citizens constantly they also had the 1980 in the 1980s Palestinians launched protests referred to the intifada no the intifada i think intifada Fuck, I heard, 
Intifada. Intifada, right? Intifada. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Intifada. And that called for the boycott of Israeli products and services and the refusal to pay Israeli taxes. As a result of that, they were violently snuffed out by the Israelis. Violently. Like, these people were peacefully protesting. They were killed. They were... And this is like... They're living in a military state as well. They're under constant surveillance. They cannot move freely. We're going to get into that. So then this led to peace talks. Clinton gets involved. The United Nations is involved. There's a whole bunch of... Clinton got the closest than anyone, but of course they fell through. They fell through because there's all these hard questions on how to redistribute the land. What rights do Palestinian descendants and refugees have when they want to come and return to the land? They want to come and return to the land that was very specifically stolen from them. But if you're sitting here saying, we're actually going to give that to Israel to make a deal, they're not trying to hear that shit. Jewish settlements were illegally on Palestinian land, even though the UN had drawn their map and said, hey, this is not yours. Israel did not consider Palestine a state. So they're like, all of this shit is ours. They're lucky they're, we're even allowing them to be here, period. We won these battles and we won these wars. Mm. This land is ours. Mm. Then you also have water rights. Who gets the right to water? Who gets the right to these, to the actual like um, sewers? And that like, there's, it's so fucking complex. So all of this shit failed. Tensions are getting worse and worse. Israel eventually marched 1,000 armed guards to the third holiest site for Palestinians and the holiest site for in Judaism, resulting in a second intifada, which is a very volatile one, where 3,000 Palestinians were killed and 1,000 Israelis were killed. In 2002, Israelis begin to build a wall as a result of that around the West Bank and Gaza to divide Palestinians and Israelis, but they did not follow, again, the borders established after the war in 1967 because they didn't want to give up the Israeli settlements that they had already established, which to Palestinians feels like, hey, another illegal land grab. So now, and, and Israel is all the while claiming self-defense. You're attacking our civilians. You're pushing back. This is our land. So now we get into Gaza, okay? Gaza is very important because this is where everything happened last weekend. So Gaza is a Palestinian territory, I hate that word, that has been described to many as the world's biggest open-air prison. There are 1.9 million, million Palestinians living inside of the Gaza Strip. If you are on a computer or you're on your phone, please take a moment to Google Gaza. Gaza is only 25 miles long and seven miles wide at its widest. It gets narrower, okay? Israel controls the borders there, the air, the sea, the economy, and so on and so forth. They are they are refused access, they being Palestinians, to other occupied Palestinian areas and the rest of the world without a time-restricted and very hard-to-get permit. 
from Israel. The oldest children in Gaza have lived through three wars that have killed more than 3,800 Palestinians, and more than 700 of these people were children. Close to 70% of the schools run double or triple shifts due to the lack of schools available to them. In addition, a lack of electricity reduces the students' chance to even read or do homework at home. The blockage also stops young people from studying in the West Bank, the other area within Israel that they allow, pal- allow quote unquote, Palestinians to live or even abroad. 42% of the capable adult population live without compensated work, has the highest amount of unemployment. Four out of 10 families struggle to acquire enough food. In Gaza, more than 8,000, wait, eight, excuse me, more than 830,000 Palestinians need assistance in the form of food or nutritional supplements. And the Israeli government determines how much food is let in by calculating how many calories everyone in Gaza should get. Poverty and the lack of food has led to 7% of children suffering from stunted growth due to long-term malnutrition. 60% of children are anemic. The population there cannot count on more than two to four hours of continuous electrical power a day. Gaza experiences up to 22 hours of power outages. 35% of the land eligible for farming is unavailable and fishermen are blocked from 85% of the waters on the coast of Gaza due to the Israeli security military zones. Those in need of specialized medical treatment must apply for permission from the Israeli government to leave Gaza. Many applications are denied or at best delayed and many risk dying while they wait. Resources to dispose of sewage is not available. And the United Nations has predicted in 2020 that if things did not get better in Gaza, it would be unlivable. Things have only gotten worse. The Israeli government rationalizes this by saying they must prohibit Hamas, which we will get into, from getting stronger to protect their people. Palestinian people have been denied a state even before the formation of Israel and now live under what amounts to be a military occupation. So this is an open air, meaning there's no fucking ceiling, but it's a goddamn prison that these people live under and you're born there and that's where you stay. And there's constant raids because it's yes. they're always they're always trying to snuff out any kind of resistance it doesn't matter who mm-hmm. it is there's constant raids children are killed daily Pe- mm-hmm. people will just they'll just bust into your home while you're sleeping take you out and jail you children as young as babies are jailed what to speak mm-hmm. of it so in terms of a police state and the police violence that everybody endures there is just Unbelievable. Outside of our um, realm of imagination. So now we get into who is Hamas, right? Because they're saying that they're, they being is Israel, the Israeli government, not the people, be really clear, the Israeli government is saying they're doing all this because they need to make sure, they need to protect themselves mm-hmm. from Hamas. Yeah. And so, okay. So after the first intifada, 
right? This resulted in the founding of Hamas. The first intifada was where they just peacefully protested and was like, we ain't paying your taxes. We not paying, we're not buying your stuff. We're just, we're not taking part in your bullshit. It's the the Martin Luther King of politics. It's a peaceful approach. Mm -hmm. When that was met with severe violence. Malcolm was born. More than Malcolm. We have the founding of Hamas. Now, Hamas gained support of the people, mostly because of their military skill, but also because of their social welfare projects in Gaza. And they built and staffed school, mosques, and clinics. Now, this is early on. Now people are saying that Hamas is very much um, corrupt, and we'll get into that. But this is early on. So Hamas is a militant movement. And one of the Palestinian territories is two major political parties. One of those, the territory is Gaza, okay? The other Palestinian territory is the West Bank, all right? They are the main players in Gaza. The group is best known for its armed resistance to Israel forces. Hamas wants to create a Palestinian state. It rejects any peace deal with Israel where they refuse to acknowledge Palestine as a fucking state. Hamas was voted into leadership in 2006. Hamas has instituted suicide bombings, rocket attacks, all kinds of attacks, and mostly on Israeli civilians. Now, the civilians that that Israel were launching these are launching these attacks on are they're also Palestinian civilians. I need to make that really clear. It's not just Hamas that Israel is has been attacking. All right? The people who are peacefully protesting are civilians. They just happen to be Palestinian and they're not often referred to as such, but they are civilians as well. All right? They're funded now, what we're discovering, mostly by Iran, Turkey, and Qatar. These Folks are providing weapons, they're providing offices, safe spaces for them to meet, and just general kind of intel and support. Um, Now, seemingly, Russia is somewhat of an ally because a Hamas leader appeared on Russian news this week, demanding that prisoners be released from both Israel and the U.S., and that was partly why they said that they launched this attack this weekend, or last weekend when this comes out. They're considered a terrorist organization by Israel, the U.S., and another of another a number, excuse me, of Western countries. Hamas, this is in quotes. Hamas only has one agenda: to destroy Israel and to murder Jews. That is what our Secretary of State, excuse me, Secretary of State Antony Blinken. I don't know that that is. Hold on. Who is that? That's Israel's dude. That's what he's saying. So that's what he's putting out in the world at a press conference in Israel. Israel has responded by the launching attacks in Gaza, killing civilians. Um, This is not new. By cutting off all resources in Gaza, they are not letting in any food, any water, any electricity. Hospitals cannot run. There is no shelter. And they are bombing the shit out of Gaza. They're saying that they're bombing, trying to bomb Hamas, but they are bombing. To be clear, this is recently, right? This is recently. Because Hamas has attacked 
yes. most recently attacked Israel. So this this blockade and complete elimination of all resources, electricity, food, water to <laughs> Gaza. Not that they were is, giving them much before. Not that, but yes, there's absolutely nothing now going in. Um, yes, as there's well nothing as going in. There's nothing coming out. The uh, European countries have also stopped all aid and resources mm-hmm. by the billions of dollars has stopped going to Gaza. Um, but it's in response to the most recent attacks by Hamas, which and, you didn't. Which and you that attack. Yeah, that attack is Hamas fighters flew on paragliders from Gaza and use bulldozers to poke gaping holes into a barrier fence to gain access to Israeli territory. They killed more than a thousand people, mostly Israelis, and seized at least 150 Israeli hostages at a supernova music festival. Now, a lot of people are like, how the fuck did Hamas get paragliders, get this intel, get these weapons and Iran has come forward and been like, we help, we, we helping them out. But I think, well, Iran is, has always said that they, well, Turkey is the one that's really said that they, that they help, but Iran is not denying it. And Hamas is saying, excuse me, Hamas is saying Iran, Iran didn't say it. Hamas has said that that Iran is backing them. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. It the, as, according to the BBC, when I looked all this shit up, that's yeah. what they had said. So all of this to say, a lot of people are like, "Well, if if Gaza is really this run down, how did they get all this stuff?" They're not just like Hamas is not just located in Gaza. So we got to be really clear about that. Like the leader of Hamas meets with the leader in Turkey. Like Turkey backs them. Turkey is in full support of Palestine. It's all very complicated. Um, but that is just my ghetto around the way curl backstory rundown. Very good. Research Thank rundown of that. this. Yes. Very, very good. Okay. You can ask the questions because I'm just, I need to stop talking. <laughs> um, thanks for um, sharing all of that, Antoinette. Um, it's a... It's an issue that I think a lot of people talk about the complexity of it. Um, And I think that Israel is shocked and uh, by this, uh, by this act of Hamas and, Mm -hmm. you know, now everybody's similar to what you were saying before you started it. Everybody is, you know, demanding or taking sides or, you know, um, surprised by the size that people are taking, who's in support of who. Um, and, you know, this is a part of our rapid fire questions. This is something I have, a, mm-hmm. I have people that I know that are Palestinian, that this is, this is their life's work. This is their purpose is to talk about the resistance. Would they come on here? Possibly. Can you um, ask them? Sure. They talk about okay. the the resistance and um and yeah, they, they their whole life has been uprooted and their character and their identity is just so 
deeply embedded in the liberation of Palestine. So I, I don't have, <laughs> it's very hard for me to feel like I don't have a bias and I don't have like a clear, like, yo, y'all don't see what, y'all don't see that this is obviously mm -hmm. wrong. Or you don't obviously see why these folks are retaliating in this way. Um, and it's just, there's just so much contradiction in it. There's so much um, lawlessness, but then wanting to be founded and rooted in law. There's so much, it's sad, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's really, really yeah. heartbreaking. If you look at both sides of it, or you can, in, in terms of the loss of life, in the terms of innocent lives, um, but I, I don't understand the cognitive dissonance that I see from people that um, blindly support Israel or don't understand the desperation and the anger um, mm -hmm. and the will that the Palestinian people have. And I'm really, really terrified for the Palestinian people in this moment because when it comes to, uh, if they are not aided, if they are not supported by a larger military power um, if there's no intervention, then it is very, it's quite possible that Israel may complete, will, will move forward on something that is embedded in their values, that Zionism is the, the Palestine is their holy land, that is their holy land, and that by any means necessary, they are going to populate it. And anybody that's in their way is like, it's spiritual warfare. Threat. It's spiritual yeah. warfare. And this is an opportunity for them to like buck up and to grab the land and to, it's a genocide. That is the word that needs to be used. It's genocide yeah. at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad to see those. It's just, it's, it's terrible to watch. It's heartbreaking to watch. And I can't watch it with, I can't, deny and i know this is mm. you can say it just say it i don't think so <laughs> i can't oh never mind i um i just yeah i feel i feel really sad and i can't deny the anger that comes up in me i feel mm -hmm. angry i feel really really angry i feel really really um Yeah, like y'all don't see what's, it's similar to what you were talking about. Um, it's somebody made, watching a lots of videos as well, right? Like it's, it, it's interesting the cognitive dissonance that, that is happening in this country as well of, of like, we have all this, a lot of liberals, a lot of progressives, you know, have all this fear and terror and vitriol and resistance towards these, American alt-right nationalist values. Mm -hmm. But then when it comes to Israel, which is an alt-right political, like who's in power right now as an alt-right president that is executing yes. 
very successfully those alt-right values on its population. And there's a, lo Lots there's of a lot of Israelis that feel that way as well. What? That he is alt-right. Right. And they, they're right. not in support But it's, it's interesting of, of American folks that are like, there's yeah. like this, oh, but that there's not that same energy for, for this the Marjorie very alt -right, Taylor Greens. Yeah, this alt-right, you know, nation that is that is successfully executing nationalism and and nationalism in general just the absurdity and the power of it and like we're seeing over and over again how scary and how um destructive nationalism is and also mm -hmm. how in some ways, if you think about the Palestinians, they have to have, that is what is fueling them and keeping them alive and keeping them hopeful is their nationalism. This is my nation. You cannot destroy it. So, girl. Uh, Somebody who's born in Gaza and knows nothing else or, or was pushed to live in Gaza and where there's barbed wire everywhere, like you don't have food, you don't have shelter, really. You're living on no top. There's, there's no two safety. million people living in that tiny ass place. They're living on top of one another with being monitored, being raided, being, of course, that is going to breed like Hamas. Resistance. Yeah. Resi and, and, and I by no way think that. I don't want to see war crimes happen, right? What Hamas did is a, is a war crime. You just slaughtered innocent people at a damn music festival. And mm -hmm. yeah, like, mm -hmm. I'm not yeah, yeah. confused yeah. by that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I will say is extremism is born out of extreme dire circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that is what the people, that is what Palestinians are in right now. Mm -hmm all over what they call Israel. Mm -hmm. And I don't say what they call Israel to disrespect Jewish folks or Israelis. It's that I don't agree with the way in which we've identified that land and who owns it. <laughs> I think that sadly, Jewish folks were pawns in a scheme to win World War I and offered some land and, and Britain gave it to them. And they were like, all right, go ahead. And now Britain went over there and destabilized shit. And now here we are. And they're still dealing with it. Now that does not, that does not in any way, um, take, take accountability away from the people that are creating and these circumstances here today. Right. Like at all. It needs to be fixed. I don't think that um, the intention, though, was to just come over and fuck Palestine. Like, I want to make it clear that Zionists were promised something that they fully believed in, and they were also in extreme dire circumstances. And they came to that land hoping for refuge, and it gets into this, it's either you or me shit. I don't think it's right. I condemn it. I have my bias about who I support. And in in my heart of hearts, I want to see Palestine free. I'm 10 toes down in that. I'm 
I am I look at Joe Biden and I look at what he's saying and his unwavering support of Israel. And if there was another candidate running, he would have lost my vote. The only reason why that man has my vote is because he's running against Trump. It's that kind of shit that I'm like, this is this is where politics is tricky and this is where I completely understand you. It's more than tricky. It's it's um it's disgusting. It has no spine. I want it's spineless. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I think too that there are people who really believe that is that is Israel's land. They 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 were get, the Ottoman Empire fell. <laughs> They were given, the land was given away. And then Britain came, they dis- they distributed it. They fought a war, the folks lost. So it ain't your land anymore. I think it's wrong. It's really interesting though. Um, it's really interesting to have, you think about the, 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 the way that America was settled. You mm-hmm. think about Israel, you think about the ways that Jews, the Jewish people were um, persecuted and the trauma and the pain that that created, but then to come to land and then perpetuate that same that thing. thing is just like, wait a minute, and this is on religion. Y'all don't get that something's not right here. So I don't know. It just, for me, For me in this moment in my life, in my spiritual journey, in my spiritual understanding, in my identity, the way I identify, judge other people, it's all about the stories that we spin and that we're attached to. This idea of right and wrong, this idea of a shared reality is dissolving. There's no black and white for me more and more and more. It's mm-hmm. all very, very gray. And it's all about the story that you're spinning to justify whatever it's all about you're the narrative. doing. Mm-hmm. It's all about the narrative. It's all about the stories that you tell. Because if you try to, when you try to place these types of histories and you try to try to understand it under the frame of religion under the frame of humanity under the frame of um just those two things there's so much contrad it does not make any sense you cannot be 10 toes down in your religion or the values of uh judaism or islam or christianity you cannot be ten toes down in the values of humanity, and then and do, do this, this fuck shit. It just doesn't work. So it's so the, so then when you have policies or politics or rhetoric, right? That's that these politicians, that Biden, that anybody starts building their campaigns around morals or religion or history. That's when I'm just like, I you're you I do not trust you like you mm-hmm. you um are trying to defend Ukraine but then support Israel what right like you're lying well, about something you're doing right. you're putting something's not adding up and you talking about this other shit 
is gaslighting and like you got us fucked up. It's just that doesn't make and, sense. And you see the you see the allies forming, right? This is where I lose sleep. It's you scary. See the, yes. The Iran very allying scary. with yep. Hamas and yep. Palestine, yep. right? Mm -hmm. You see them allying with Russia. You China. see Russia allying with China. Uh -huh. You see China cozying up with Kim Jong un. Yep. And you and, and what I see is World War Three breaks out. Yep. On on the verge. And then you have right? these powers and then you have the people. It's the people. It's the civilians. It's the people just trying to do everyday life. Mm -hmm. It's the people yep. that getting caught up, you know, are the ones that Dying. suffer. We all suffer. Because yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't say that only 31 percent of the Palestinian people believe Hamas should represent them. Mm. I want to make it clear that many of the Israeli people, too, are not in favor of their leader. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's protests. many of them yeah. are like, mm -hmm. bro, mm -hmm. this is the Donald Trump of our time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like the people are getting caught up in the politician stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 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 then I would be remiss to say that researching this was so hard because the United States has such an agenda here. Mm -hmm. And. The media has such it, an agenda there. Well, and that you think that that's not a trickle down of the the sure. media, the way they were saying. They said they were decapitating uh, a, a thousand babies. people, which wasn't true. Nigga, the, but the, Biden even said he saw the vid like what? They said they had a headline that said one thousand people killed. One thousand Israelis killed. I don't know something 200 and something Palestinians dead mm -hmm. what that wording is very interesting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know there's an action behind killed savage brutal killings of the Israelis you yeah know? so I mean I'm I'm not done here okay though. oh I'm not done here what else sorry is there? I have two more things to say Let's about go. this sorry y'all there's a collectress on Instagram and I'm fucking with her. She's getting, she's, she's getting hell, but she wrote on there and she said, revolution is trauma. Every major pol a people movement of the last century has cost innocent lives and the cost is too damn high. And the blame lays at the feet of the imperialist states that will only ever respond to violence. Then she writes, no one is celebrating the brutalization of bodies. And this claim that supporters of free Palestine are is a deflection tool that abuse, excuse me, that abuse apologists often use. It allows them to create a moral vacuum where they can unequivocally condemn violence while removing historical context and any analysis of power. People who experience prolonged abuse often reach a breaking point and lash out. It's called reactive abuse. Abusers and their apologists will use this defense. Excuse me. Abusers and their apologists will use this defensive behavior as a tool to gaslight victims of abuse mm -hmm. by eliminating the context. Mm -hmm. Watch who these people are. These are the same people who question survivors of abuse and blame them for not being perfect victims. Mm. I, 
I'm also at a point, and bear with me here. I'm at a point in The Walking Dead. <laughs> no, no, bear with me. I'm dead serious. Where there's a character, the, the characters are now no longer, they started out very much like we don't kill people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We only kill zombies. Mm-hmm. We only kill the people that are trying to kill us, mm-hmm. right? We are always on the defense. We do not go on the offense. They're shifting now to going on the offense. We see a threat. We're going to snuff it out. Period. Period. Point blank. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a character who's now struggling with that. and She's carrying her rosary, but she's still killing people mm-hmm. because it's either them or me. Yeah. And I started to think about that in the context of just the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially as it's ablaze now. Mm-hmm. Them or me. Yeah. Yeah. And so it puts a lot of it's like, how do you what does it mean to fight for your life? Mm -hmm. What does it mean? What does it mean for Israel to say, you know what? Hamas is a threat. Yeah. Everyone has to go. Gaza is a threat. You you I'm I'm watching you. I'm you guys are under my thumb because you cannot rise up. And period. all of my resources are going into making sure that shit happens. And and if you do rise up, then you, I'm at risk. Yeah. And vice versa. Yep. I think it's, it's, it's not something that we have to think about that often you and me in the very cushy lives that we live. But I'm realizing how even in this country even in some of the neighborhoods that we might walk through, how that is a fucking reality for people, mm-hmm. you or me. Mm-hmm. And what a what a horrible reality that must be. It lacks, it's complicated, and I feel like it lacks humanity, but does, like, I- it, Is it just deeply human? It's, again, when you try to put thing. this stuff into the, when you try to put it in these frameworks Good of and religion bad. and right and wrong, that's where we, that's where the story, you know, that's where we try to make sense of it when um, it's this survival thing. It's contextual, it's deep, it's complex, it's ancestral, it's, uh, it's, it's survival. Mm. Are the Israelis wrong? You know, if if the same way we had this discussion. In my opinion, yes. You the asked the question way, and yes. The same way we had this discussion weeks ago about America, right? The mm-hmm. wheel, we're talking about the wheel is spinning. The wheel is spinning. Mm-hmm. America, in order for America to maintain, in order for us to get our iPhones, for us to talk, to have this ease, for us to be able to look over at Palestine and other third world countries and be like, gosh, they're tripping. There's a wheel that's spinning. There's policies. There's the ways in which we operate in the geopolitical atmosphere, whether we think it's good or bad, whatever. We, we, like Israel, have to keep maintaining and showing up in this world the way that we have to in order for the wheel until somebody breaks the fucking wheel. And maybe it's China, maybe it's Russia, who the fuck knows? Maybe it's some other uprising. But how are we different from Israel? How are we different? It's oh, it's just... We're not. 
This is it. Like it's the wheel. Maintain ours. But who's gonna break the wheel? Everybody's just breaking wheel. We just have different versions of the wheel. You know what I mean? Like, but this. It's like you're either the predator or you're the prey. Period. In the in the state of this world now, yeah. And I'm really, it's really interesting, and I'm I'm terrified. My sister called me this morning. She's really scared. (laughs) She's like, I'm watching all these TikToks. I wasn't aware of it, but I started researching a little bit about the migrant crisis that we're experiencing in new york and chicago and all in texas all around this country which is inevitably going to increase this you me they them my resources your resources it's just it's yeah internet out but there's enough fucking resources in the and then, u.s and then like, and, and then there's that part and then there's there's that enough part. i i you got enough money to send money to all these to support it and then there's that part then there's not this, just this not just that but also just you already know the distribution of wealth here is stupid and then there's that Fuck part out of here but but Fuck out of here. but um I don't know. Yeah. But uh and I, I don't know. It makes me um think of Children of Men. Anybody that have you ever watched Children of Men? Mm-mm. You should watch it. That'll make I you upset. But to. it all of the the world right now reminds me that we're moving towards children of men and uh I don't know, girl. But I think I know the consequence of all of this for me is that I'm Absurd is the word that just keeps coming up. It's like how real and how consequential our attachments to narratives and stories and and how real our response, our need to survive is and also just how absurd all of this is as well. It's just Yeah, you heard what I said, right? It's crazy. You heard what I said. If Biden wasn't running against Trump, he would have lost my vote. It's absurd. It's absurd. Like what? But it's because, because we're telling stories. We gotta, we're tell- we gotta maintain. I gotta maintain what I have. I gotta play chess and not checkers. Yeah. I can't ever be prey. We think, yeah. So we think. That's the that's the energy we're on. That's the collective energy. And, and is it wrong to be on that energy? I'm just not interested in right or wrong these days. I don't. I can't answer that question because there's so many yeah. ways to see it. I'm just. I yeah. I'm not interested in that. And I think I, yeah, I'm wary of people that have that hard answer, right? Like, I I think we're all being forced collectively to be able to hold many things at once. And what does, what happens when we do that? I don't know. But, um, peace, God help us. God help help us. us help us i don't know i think um it's a couple last points listen we're at a, an hour and 30 minutes in and i think this is going to be the episode y'all yeah i'm sorry if you don't like politics but this is an important one um and we'll cover all the rest of the stuff on thursday that's what it is it's an hour and 30 minutes in that's what it is i i do want to say though Real fast, and Shanti, I'll come right back to you. Um, there, the fifty percent of the population in Gaza is children. Children, because 
the partly so because the lifespan is you don't live that long there and so there's a lot of children that are just being killed and um I'm not going to tell folks to go online and look at it but the images are readily available i had the i had the silent sean king i know that he yeah. is doing shit shit that like he needs to, he wants to get the word mm-hmm. out and show it but it was hard to ripping see. a hole in me it was it was like seeing these lifeless bodies babies this and the collective gaslighting or the collective crazy making that is potentially happening i think in europe if you are support if you have a palestinian flag i don't know if this is propaganda i don't know what to believe anymore but i've seen this being it's not it could be considered a hate crime considered hate crime if you try to boycott and try to incite boycotting of israeli products that is in a hate crime if you like you got to you are you kidding like what what yeah again this what? you had a really good thing on here that the interesting dynamics yeah. between jewish folks and black folks I saw that and thought, here's another example. We talked about this before where our only real insight and touch point with the Jewish community is where they are being victimized and they were, and like other folks are being reprimanded. There's like no other touch point and we've got to bridge that gap. And I don't understand because I see it too. I don't understand how on God's green earth black folks wouldn't identify with Palestinians. <laughs> I just am like, hmm, the colonization of the continent of Africa, folks being brought here. When we finally did own land, you took it from us in many a different way. You, you're when we finally did own and have our own banks, you blew them up. Like why would we The continued police state, the continued police brutality, imprisonment, the continued. I mean, and that's not even just like historically, like uh, black people and Palestinian. We didn't. I'm sorry, we didn't establish what what it is that the Jewish community is looking for from black folks. Sorry. I I mean, and and this is anecdotal. Uh, this is from um. Lovey, if you follow Lovey's account and Yaba mm-hmm. chimed in, Yaba Blay chimed in, and you have these platform, you have these black um, activists, you have these black voices thought on leaders. social media. What'd you call them? Thought leaders. Thought yeah. leaders, very good. Um, that have huge platforms that gain so many followers during black lives matter during george floyd um of well-intentioned white people that follow them and are trying to learn from them and are trying to dismantle their racism um but when it comes to these same people talking about their support for palestine or any critique of israel in this moment a lot of i don't know if it's a lot but some Jewish followers of both Yaba and Lovey are like, yo, we were 10 toes down for you for Black Lives Matter. How could you be, how could you have no support for us? 
I'm unfollowing you, you know, saying spiteful, hateful, claiming betrayal, claiming that they're not supporting them with resources or with their platform in the way and that they're, you know, not offering a well-rounded perspective. Yaba shared. I'm obsessed. Yaba shared the um, example of this in the color purple when, you know, I forgot the character's name, but that white woman, Sophia was always, that white woman was like, I'm going to teach you how to drive, Sophia. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, fucked her whole shit up, ruined her whole mm -hmm. life when she felt threatened or scared or whatever the case may be, um, which is really wild to me. And there, there always has been this notion of like, uh, Jewish and black people are allies. I think it's definitely during the civil rights era, a lot of Jewish people um, supportive financially as well as, you know, in their protesting for black people's civil rights or whatever. So there's like this implied they're allies, I guess, but also like and you can still be an ally. You can still be a Jewish ally and not like what Israel is doing to Palestinians. You absolutely can. You can still support Palestine and Palestinians and denounce Hamas and what they did. Yeah. You can say I'm not for that. Yeah. You have to hold many it's things. It's not that at once. black and white. It can't. It's be. not that you black have and to white. Hold many things at once and we have to learn how to juggle them. Like we have yeah. to learn how to juggle it. Like, and we have to also understand that just because we are, we have been victimized in certain ways does not mean that we are always the victim. Mm -hmm. Or in that goes for of black quote, folks quote, too. Victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. And child, are you the I victim hear in this? I mean, in this attack, of course. Tricky. It's hard. It's hard. But it's there's an account of not really that hard. Th th yes. The, the victims of that attack are the civilians who died and the civilians who are taken hostage. They, and all the, and all of the ripple effect of those people and the trauma that they're facing. Cause they didn't build that fucking wall. They're not rationing out food. They're benefiting from it. How dystopian <laughs> is that? Right. How dystopian wild. is that? It's wild. I mean, we're all living in it's it. It's the fucking, what yeah, it's the fucking, it makes me think about the wire when it's like the pawns and the fucking kingpin. And mm -hmm. it's like, we the pawns, we about to get eaten the fuck alive mm -hmm. while our governments are the fucking kingpins. Anyway, I want to leave us with black liturgies because this is a lot and it's a lot to take in. And I woke up really stressed a couple days ago, like, yo, how the fuck are we going to talk about this? <laughs> and I got a lot to look into. And then I calmed down when I saw this and I checked myself a little bit. Again, we did give our opinions, but I think this is important too. <sighs> Black Liturgies writes, for those who don't know what to say when the world is burning, if you don't have the words yet, try silence. In doing, we amplify those voices that are most prone to being drowned out by the noise of the ignorant. Maybe it's not your voice you need to hear today. Listen, not all silence is born of cowardice. Practice a sacred decentering. Your inherent expectation that your role is savior 
or that you should know and understand what's best for other nations after a quick Google search is precisely what must be dismantled for their protection. Many people in the U.S. have no business centering our own opinions and emotions right now. It is often just an attempt to demonstrate moral superiority when we're too afraid to approach the mirror. Mm. Listen, learn. You are not the hero in this story. Decenter. Mm. That mirror part. I hope that's what we did today. I think that was my best attempt to say, I don't fucking know. I know my bias, but here, listen, here's the, here's the situation as best as I could research it. I hope this is a launching pad for other folks to go and do their own research before we just start spewing shit off at the mouth. Cause we saw an Instagram post and listen, pay attention and ask yourselves these fucking hard ass questions. Uplifting one. Happy birthday to me. Yay! <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday with our, poli- with our pop Anton culture. Send Antoinette $5 each for her research that she did and all of the emotional nah, work that she to- had to go through to make that possible, child. Figure out how to send something to Palestinians. If you are have anything that you would like to share on this, if there's some insights, things that we missed offer us some grace, but also we would love to hear from you and your experience, your knowledge. Um, so do consider giving us a call at one nine hundred hustler. I thought you were looking at your phone with the number. What's the name of that? I saw you looking down and I was like, Oh my gosh, she pulling it up right now. My girl. I don't have it up either. Oh, my God. You can't Hold do up. that. You can't do that to me. One hundred hustle. Who this? Hold on. I'll find this for you, y'all. <laughs> Where is it? I don't. Did I stop following around the way, Crows? Tricky. I don't even have it on my app. I don't even have it on the app right you now. You fed up, girl. She said, uh-uh. <laughs> No. I, why won't it show up? You can give us a call at 215-948-2780. That's 215-948-2780. Please mm. leave a brief three-minute message. Or less. Talking about the complexities of the histories of Palestine and Israel, if you can. <laughs> if that's even possible. You got to get your people on who do this work. It's important. Yeah. Text I'll them see. now, please. I'll see. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all. Be blessed. Bye. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. (laughs) Very good.